Brain injuries are invisible. You can't see them on the outside. And that's one of the reasons awareness is so important. They can be overlooked, they can be misdiagnosed, they can be mistreated, and survivors themselves can be feeling confused and frustrated and uncertain why they're feeling these ways because it's even invisible when you look in the mirror. Because it's invisible and I know what it's like to live with this for so long, I am so passionate about bringing more awareness to brain injuries and also giving you tools and ideas on how to spread more awareness in your own life. Brain injury awareness has come so far in the years, but we do still have a long way to go and you can be a part of making a difference. There is always hope and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Christabel Braden, and this is my brain injury podcast, Hope Survives. Here, we share information, education, and support for the brain injury community. This is an uplifting podcast to bring hope to your darkest days. As a survivor of traumatic brain injury and multiple concussions, I know what it's like to struggle to find hope. I don't want anyone to feel as alone as I did. And that's why I started my online community called Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is an extension of that, and I'd love to invite you to join along as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. With a little hope, you can make it through today. With a little faith, someday you'll get through the pain. Just a little love is enough to be encouraged the by the amount of awareness and advocacy night. that has happened and that has transpired. Hope I'm kind of in a circumstance, in a situation where I can sit here. And I can physically see the difference that has already been made. So for me, I can give you guys some perspective if you just had your brain injury this year or the year before or any time in the last five years. Welcome back to I can Hope sit here Survives and say, hey, podcast. You today are in we are a better place a than we were back then. Near and, and I hope that heart. in the future, five, ten years from now, we can say, awareness. oh my goodness, in 2022, today, there was hardly any awareness out. And we can say we've been a part of making then we're going to talk about for why awareness is important and what can you do to bring more awareness in your life and with the people around you. Because if you are listening to this podcast, it means that you have some sort of connection to brain injury. And it also means that you're trying to find more information and education and, and hope, hopefully. And so today, I wanted to take some time in honor of Brain Injury Awareness Month to kind of dive into this side of things. It's a little bit different than our normal interviews, our survivor interviews, or our professionals and doctors and expert interviews, but I hope you'll come along this journey with me today as we explore Brain Injury Awareness in honor of Brain Injury Awareness Month. So let's get started and thanks for being here. Hope After Head Injury is a global online community for brain injury survivors, caregivers, families, advocates, anyone who'd want to be part of the brain injury community. 
I'd like to invite you to join our Facebook support group. You can search Hope After Head Injury support group on there. We also have a page and an Instagram. And every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on the Hope After Hendry Facebook page, there's a live chat. So I've been doing this live video for over five years on the Hope After Head Injury Facebook page. So you can join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and that has become just such a beautiful community. We also have a monthly Zoom support meeting. You can join that by visiting hopeafterheadinjury.com slash community. And the link for that is in the description of the podcast. We meet once a month, encourage each other on our journeys. You can either have your camera on or off, however you're comfortable. You can just listen or you can come and share some of your story and encouragement with others. It's a great time to know that we are in this together and we are stronger together as a brain injury community. I also run a group called Brain Injury Bible Study. You can find that information if it's something you'd be interested in. It's basically we combine faith and brain injury recovery together in that group. Now, finally, I just want to share a reminder that this podcast is for education and informational purposes only, and it's not intended for medical advice. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your physician. And remember, there's always hope. When I first had my traumatic brain injury in 2007, there really was not much out there for brain injury awareness. In fact, it wasn't just that there weren't very many brain injury communities. There was also a lot of misinformation about brain injury and concussion, even within the medical field. This invisible injury can be overlooked, it can be misdiagnosed, it can be mistreated, and it can leave the survivor feeling like, what's wrong with me? Am I stupid? Am I dumb? Am I depressed? Am I anxious? Why can't I do anything? Why can't I get anything done? It is frustrating. And so I am super passionate about brain injury awareness because I remember what it's like to go through brain injury without knowing anybody else who's had one, without any other support. And when I finally got plugged into a brain injury community, it changed my life completely. And so I first started Hope After Head Injury social media 10 years ago, 2012. I first made a Twitter and a Facebook page called Hope After Head Injury. And that's all it was for a while. It was just me posting on Twitter and Facebook um, in 2012, for the first three years, I kind of posted anonymously because I was still struggling with, you know, feeling ashamed of my brain injury. And I didn't necessarily feel comfortable putting my name on there, especially because I have such a unique name that it's easy to remember. So um, I just started this page called Hope After Head Injury, and I didn't see any other, basically no other <laughs> brain injury pages. So I made one. And of course, a couple years later in 2015, I started posting, maybe the end of 2014, I don't remember exactly, but I started posting videos about what it's like to live with a brain injury. And there was one called You Look Fine, The Struggle of an Invisible Injury that went semi-viral um, in like 
that month, March 2015, that video got shared and now it has well over 100,000 views between Facebook and YouTube. And um, that video is what started to have more people follow me, follow up after head injury and invitations to speak at brain injury conferences started coming in. And I was like, why would I ever speak at a conference? Like, I'm just a girl who had a brain injury. But I started to realize that by posting videos about symptoms, posting videos about what it's like to have a brain injury, people started commenting, oh my goodness, I've never heard this put into words. Thank you so much. And I started to realize that I had my words back. So when I, to backtrack a little bit, when I first had my brain injury in 2007, my speech was a really big struggle. My speech was very slurred. Um, I had word finding issues. It was really hard for me to communicate. I struggled with a lot of processing issues in my head. And so of course, in my head, but <laughs> I just mean I struggled with thinking. I struggled with holding conversations. I struggled with answering people appropriately. Um, more of my symptoms. I had so many daily headaches. My short-term memory was really, really, really awful. I like to give this example that I would forget I ate breakfast, go in the other room, be like, oh, it's morning, time to eat, go back in the kitchen and pour myself another bowl of cereal because I had forgotten eating eaten the first time and I never felt hungry and full those symptoms got messed up or those say sig signals signals got messed up and um, I was constantly confused my mom had to help me getting dressed taking a shower my mom had to even help me in the bathroom sometimes I was constantly emotionally overdriven having temper tantrums I really could not function. I And I did not get proper medical treatment. And I did not get proper care. Because at the time in 2007, the protocol was rest and do nothing. And your brain will get better. <laughs> and I didn't get better. I got worse. And I kept getting worse and worse. And the part of why I'm so passionate about interviewing doctors and giving you guys more medical information on this Hope Survives podcast is because I didn't have it. I did not have any of this. My family didn't have this. I didn't know anything about hormones and brain injury. We didn't know anything about the gut and inflammation. We didn't know some of these simple things you can do to help your brain. I was experiencing exercise intolerance, but I didn't know why or how. I just thought I was out of shape I, and I couldn't exercise and my head felt like it was going to fall off. I didn't know anything about dysautonomia and the autonomic system. I knew nothing about the vestibular system. I didn't get vestibular therapy until over 10 years after my first brain injury. It wasn't until 2018, maybe 2017, but it was around that time it was the first time I got vestibular therapy. Um, and that was only because I sought out more doctors and different second opinions and third opinions. So all that to say, brain injury survivors often get swept under the rug. I also, earlier on in the journey, my mom was taking me to different doctors saying my daughter is not right. She she hit her head and, and, you know, she's not right. And at first they were like, oh, she has a concussion, you know, whatever. But it turns out I most likely had more of a moderate traumatic brain injury 
because of the effects, I my my memory loss, not being able to recall almost a year after the injury. Um, I had to relearn getting dressed, taking a shower. I literally could not function at all. And my brain swelled. That's one thing we do know from the first neurologist I saw is that I had a significant amount of brain swelling. And so it's it's but he's the same doctor that told us to just rest and have me do nothing. <laughs> and then as I continued, we would come back in the office and he would see a teenage girl smiling. And my mom's like, my daughter's still not better. And he told my mom she was overprotective and that and she's like, well, she can't do addition. She can't do math. And before the brain injury, I was in pre-calculus. I was super advanced. I was 14. I was super, super academically advanced. And I couldn't do simple addition or multiplication. I couldn't handle those simple things. And the doctor said, well, she's a girl. She doesn't need to know math anyway. She'll be fine. <laughs> this was an old, older male neurologist that had been around a long time. So I don't even know what year he went to medical school. But if he was old in 2007, he probably went to medical school, maybe the 70s. I don't know. My my math might be off. But just all that to say, there were so many doctors out there. And we kept seeing dozens and dozens of doctors. And I finally did get into some rehab therapies. Um, but even that, it was so different back in 2007, 2008 than it is now. <laughs> and honestly, it makes me emotional because all the new research that's come out and all of the brain injury communities that are available and the online support groups, none of that was there. And so for those of you who are going through brain injury now, I just want to encourage you. I want to give you a hug and I want you to know you're not alone. I'm trying to be what I didn't have back then. That's why I work so hard on this podcast and on my online support group and host my Zoom groups. And sometimes I push myself beyond my brain injury capacity, beyond my limits with symptoms, just trying to get the podcast out and things like that. Because I'm, I, I can't stop. I, I can't. I cannot stop doing this because... It's so important. Brain injury awareness is so important. It's important for people to know that they're not alone. It's important for people to know that they're not crazy. It's important for people to know that just because your brain is injured doesn't mean that you're stupid. It doesn't mean you'll never recover. You are a survivor. You are a warrior. And this is hard. You can't see it on the outside. But the brain also has neuroplasticity. It has the ability to heal. There are so many things that you can do to help your recovery. That's what I like to share about in my podcast. Things like nutrition and, and other types of therapies and things out that are out there now that weren't there. That, that the research wasn't even there 10 years ago even. So all that to say... Um, Sitting here now in 2022, I am emotional thinking about how different it is than it was in 2012 when I first made Hope After Head Injury. 
There are countless support groups online. There are multiple podcasts about brain injury. There are multiple resources out there. And there, you can do a quick search on social media and find other survivors. That is something to be celebrated. Now, I also want to talk about um, why brain injury awareness is important. So we know it's an invisible injury. You can't see it on the outside. And that even though there is a lot more awareness than there was, there's still, we have so far to go. <laughs> we have so far to go. And part of my frustration with the general public and the general population and brain injury is just there, I, I find that we have some different extremes when the way that people think about brain damage and, and concussions. Now, one of them is it's just a concussion. It's not a big deal. It's just a headache. They'll be fine. Which that's not true. <laughs> some concussions, people heal quickly, but some of them people have PCS, post-concussive syndrome, or as they've been calling it recently, persistent concussion symptoms. And for some people, they don't heal. A concussion is a big deal, and you can't ignore it, and you can't brush it under the under the rug. And thankfully, there is more awareness out there now. I think there's better protocols in place. I think that there is more awareness that when somebody does hit their head, that they should get checked out. However, there's another extreme where sometimes people think that the only time that there's a brain injury or brain damage, it means that they're not functional at all. So people, you know, I, I, people view brain injury as synonymous with stupid. And that is one thing that I am so done with and so tired with. And it comes mostly from pop culture and media and jokes. So if somebody says, Oh, were you dropped on your head as a baby as a joke? Like, that's not funny. If somebody's like, because if somebody's like, oh, did you hit your head? Like saying if they're stupid or they're not making sense, people use brain damage as a joke. Or do you have brain damage? Like you see it on TV shows. They make jokes about, oh, they, you know, did you hit your head or they must have had brain damage. Like if they're talking about that somebody's making poor decisions or that they're stupid and that just... That gets under my skin because a brain injury doesn't mean that the person is not intelligent. It just means that they're going to have some processing issues and different ways that they are able to express their their personality and their and their ideas. Uh, they might be restricted by their speech. They might be restricted by their emotional responses, especially if there's a frontal lobe damage. They might have trouble with their regulating emotions. They might have fatigue and headaches, but they're not stupid. So that bothers me. Um, and so, you know, people view brain injuries as not a big deal. Another thing that bothers me, misinformation, is somebody thinks of a brain injury as something that happened in the past and, oh, if you're doing fine, you must be doing fine now if you're able to have a one good day. Or maybe you're able to go back to work, but it doesn't mean you're completely healed and you're completely better. And so brain injury recovery is a process. And I think that the more that we can get awareness out there that, hey, yes, it's invisible, but it does affect people on a daily basis. And yes, brain injuries are a big deal. 
I think that can help a lot. So what can we do? You can share posts on social media this month on Hope After Head Injury. Um, I've been posting stuff and I'm trying to post different things that are easy for you to repost to your page to bring more awareness. The Brain Injury Association of America has a campaign called More Than My Brain Injury that you can find information on their website. You can get involved with your legislators. And I did an episode on this last year. So if you go back to season one of the podcast, we did an episode on advocacy, how to get involved. I also interviewed Susan Connors, the president of the Brain Injury Association of America. And she gave some great examples on how to get involved if you want to advocate on a legislative basis. So you can do that. And then the most powerful thing that we have for brain injury awareness is to share your story. Share what you've gone through, whether it is doing it on social media. Not everyone's going to want to do that. Might not be a good idea for everyone to do that. But share with a friend, with a family. Maybe ask your church if you can share your testimony during a Bible study group or something, you know. Find opportunities to start sharing your story. And the more that people can see that, yeah, brain injury is a real thing, but they're still people. (laughs) And, you know, it matters. The more awareness we can get out, the better. But it starts with you. It starts with just being yourself, being honest, sharing your story, and sharing hope. Now, get connected with the brain injury community because that is one of the most beautiful things we can do to support each other. So I have a group, as you know, called Hope After Head Injury. We have a Facebook group that you can join. I have a Zoom group. I also have a Bible study called Brain Injury Bible Study Community if you are interested in a faith-based community for brain injury survivors. Um, Those are just my groups. There are plenty more out there. The Brain Injury Association of America has support groups in different states. I'm in Pennsylvania. I know that for other people who are in Pennsylvania, we have a virtual group by the BIAPA. Now, I don't always go to it, but I know the people who run it, and it's beautiful. Other states are going to have other groups. Internationally, there might be local groups as well, depending on your brain injury organization. So get connected, know that you're not alone, and... Be encouraged by the amount of awareness and advocacy that has happened and that has transpired. I'm kind of in a circumstance, in a situation where I can sit here and I can physically see the difference that has already been made. So for me, I can give you guys some perspective if you just had your brain injury this year or the year before or any time in the last five years. I can sit here and say, hey, You are in a better place than we were back then. And I hope that in the future, five, 10 years from now, we can say, oh my goodness, in 2022, there was hardly any awareness out. And we can say we've been a part of making a difference for that. So thanks for listening today. Thanks for being part of our podcast community. Stay tuned for more episodes this month and um, connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. You are not alone. There's always hope. Bye, everyone.